Businesses of all sizes have been affected by COVID-19. In response to this, Post Media Solutions has created a five-step guide aimed to help you adapt to your business during this global crisis. To get this free guide, visit postmediasolutions.com forward slash adapt. Should you be wearing a mask? Public health officials in Canada say if you're healthy that you don't need to. But as the COVID-19 pandemic rages, people are starting to question that advice. I'm Anik Bode, and this is 10-3. Today, National Post health reporter Sharon Kirkey explains all you need to know about masks. You can subscribe to 10-3 on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening right now. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and a review. It would really help us out. Hi, Sharon. How are you doing? I'm well, Monique. It's Things are changing, not day by day or hour by hour, it seems, but minute by minute. But holding on, how are you doing? I'm okay. It really is a lot of change to be taking in in such a short time. You know, when you think back about where we were about a month ago and where we are today, it's really a lot to process. Yeah, it's it's a lot to unpack for sure. Today, I'd like to talk about masks. There's been a lot of uh, discussion about masks this week. Canada's public health officer, Theresa Tam, and other medical officials are saying people who are healthy have little to gain from wearing masks. Can you explain why that is? Well, Dr. Tam, as well as the uh, World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States, they've been telling us for some time, almost from the beginning of the virus hitting North America, that People don't need to wear masks unless they're sick and coughing or they've been diagnosed with COVID-19, in which case they should also be in self-quarantine for 14 days and, you know, limiting exposure to anyone who's sharing their house. Or they should be wearing a mask if they're caring for someone who is infected. And the worry has been that if people, if the officials told everyone, you know, mask up, there would be this panicked run on, you know, medical grade masks that doctors and nurses desperately need, like the N95 respirators that we are reading about, and even surgical paper masks. The World Health Organization and TAM have also said there isn't really enough evidence to prove that wearing a mask significantly reduces a person's risk of becoming infected. And, you know, there's also this concern, the officials tell us that, you know, if people wear masks, they might be lulled into you know, the sense of false security, they'll stop washing their hands as often as they should, or they'll stop worrying about not touching their faces. And masks need to be changed a lot. They need to be changed frequently, and they also need to fit properly. So there's a possible risk of infection if the mask isn't fitted properly or if it's not disposed of properly. In in fact, in hospitals, they call it donning on and donning off. And they actually have in the ICUs, people who watch each other take on and off their protective gear just to make sure they're doing it properly to reduce their own risk of infection. It seems to me that some people are rethinking the advice on masks, right? Especially because we know now that COVID-19, it's often spread by people who are asymptomatic, who aren't showing symptoms. So if everyone wore a mask, though, would it help that kind of spread? Yeah, you're right. The official stance is shifting. People are starting to kind of revisit that, you know, don't wear masks if you're otherwise healthy, because there are reports, uh, in fact, that the CDC is reviewing its own guidelines on who should wear masks because of that new data that's showing, you know, a considerable amount of transmission is happening from people who are infected with the virus, 
that causes COVID-19, but who are asymptomatic. They don't have, they're not showing any symptoms. They have no idea that they're infected because they have either no symptoms or such mild symptoms that they associate it with something else. And in fact, there was a report just released today out of Iceland where the COVID-19 tests are free. And half of those people tested positive, half of the people who tested positive showed no symptoms. So scientists think people could be transmitting the virus for up to two to three days, possibly more before they get sick. And because we're still not doing the amount of testing many experts say we should be doing, maybe we should be assuming that everyone is infected. Even today on the call with reporters, Dr. Tam said during her daily briefing from Ottawa, assume everyone is infected. And I think she said that to encourage people to keep social distancing, you know, keep planking the curve. But okay, if you go on the assumption that we assume everyone should be, you know, considered to be infected, but not showing symptoms, doesn't it make sense then to take the precaution, you know, and encourage healthy people to wear masks every time they go out in public? Not medical grade masks, you know, not the masks, not in it. N95s and the other um, medical grade surgical masks that our healthcare workers need, which are in really short supply and everyone's scrambling to get enough of them. But, you know, if everyone wears a mask like they did in China and other Asian countries like South Korea and Japan, maybe we might be able to reduce community spread by, you know, maybe 20%. I don't know what, you know, the data really shows, but Certainly in some provinces in China, they had compulsory face mask policies, right? Everyone had to wear one as soon as they set foot outside their door. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out in the next couple of days on whether they sort of uh, change their guidance and do in fact suggest that people mask up when they go outside. Can you talk about what kind of masks are best like could maybe we can just talk about how masks work you know we're hearing about n95 masks surgical masks people making their own like diy masks at home could you just explain a little bit how the masks work let's talk about this virus and how masks protect against SARS-CoV-2 which is the virus causing COVID-19 so this virus is breathed out mostly as heavy droplets so that means it kind of it falls to the floor. These droplets land on our hands, on doorknobs, on other surfaces. It's killed with soap and water and sanitizer, which is why, you know, washing your hands is so important. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. It's also important to keep at least two meters apart or six feet apart from one another. I think yesterday I read though it may be as much as 29 feet apart. Um, Sorry, and you, you know, don't 29 touch your face. Feet apart? <laughs> I read that in, a, in an article that was published in um, one of the American papers, and I'm not sure where that came from, but there's some concern that these these droplets can can go much further than that sort of standard two-meter two meter radius. Um, but again, I want to look at that a little more closely and, you know, what, what, uh, what experiments they did to suggest that we need to be that far apart. But... Um, but again, this whole thing about the droplets, they, they fall to the floor, they land on our hands, which is another reason why, you know, it's important not to touch your face or wipe your eyes. So masks work by stopping those infected droplets, those droplets that are coughed or sneezed out. There's also some evidence, but it's not hugely strong, that the virus can linger in aerosols, these tiny particles containing virus that, you know, can stay suspended in the air. Um, so in hospitals, COVID-19 patients 
who aren't, you know, who aren't in ICU, they get a paper mask to stop them from spreading the virus. Hospital staff, um, they get those, you know, surgical paper masks, but they will also get N95 respirators. And the reason why they're called N95s is because they block 95% of the aerosols, not the bigger droplets. So those should be worn when healthcare workers are doing procedures that generate aerosols, like when they're putting a breathing tube down someone's throat or they're giving them oxygen. But again, you know, no one should be going out and trying to get their hands on N95 respirators and wearing them out when they go out out on the street or they go to do their weekly grocery shopping. Um, but, you know, there is also concern that vulnerable people, you know, like older adults and those with underlying medical conditions that put them at risk of severe complications from COVID-19, you know, could benefit from wearing masks or something covering their mouths and noses if they go out in public. And, you know, we're certainly, as you mentioned, we're seeing more people wearing homemade masks. I mean, this whole cottage industry has sprung up of people sewing face masks from their kitchen tables. And, you know, you can go on Google and they show you how to make a face mask and YouTube videos. But you don't know how effective they are because, you know, they're not like regulated medical devices. And Tam has warned that, you know, they may not be effective in blocking those virus particles, those droplets that we can sort of spew from our nose and mouth. But it, it'll be interesting to see, again, like I said, what, what, whether we will see more of what we see in some of those Asian countries where virtually everyone is wearing a mask when they're outside. You mentioned the N95 masks. Can you just talk about how important these masks, well, any masks, I guess, are for healthcare workers? You know, they're very important. They're, they're hugely important. And doctors and nurses across the country are reporting, you know, as I mentioned, the supplies are dwindling. They're, they're getting promises that, um, that we will be seeing uh, mass deliveries of, you know, millions of masks and N95 respirators. There's concern about, okay, where will they go? Do we have a clear sense of who's in most need at a national level? Um, and the supplies, I mean, are so short that places are keeping them under lock and key. And not just masks, but gowns gloves, goggles, face shields, um, there's a major concern that they're going to face a really dire shortage in some re regions. And yesterday I spoke with an infectious diseases doctor who said what they're trying to do is slow the burn rate of personal protective gear. So meaning how much or how many times they glove up, gown up, mask up when they have to care for someone infected with COVID. So what they're doing is using cell phones and baby monitors to communicate with patients without having to go into their room. So these are patients who aren't ventilated, so they can speak, but they're just trying to really limit how much face-to-face -face contact they're having with them so they don't have to burn through a lot of protective gear when they, you know, go to communicate with them or speak with them. Um, but, you know, we also, doctors and nurses shouldn't assume that an N95 mask provides total protection either. And that's why hospitals still need to be, you know, really zealous in disinfecting rooms and, you know, treatment areas, given that the virus can live for hours or, or two days, or some expert just told me a moment ago, up to nine days on doorknobs and, ta you know, tables and other surfaces. So we've seen that some countries that have flattened their curves are also countries where wearing masks is more common in general. Is it just that masks work if they're used as part of a broader set of policies, do you think? I think so. I mean, Taiwan has done a great job in limiting the spread of COVID-19. And if you look at the pictures from Taiwan, you'll see everyone on the streets wearing masks. 
But, you know, there were other reasons for Taiwan's success, and not just Taiwan, but other countries that have slowed COVID spread. They had hugely extensive, extensive testing. Um, they've been relentless in contact tracing, meaning, you know, finding the contacts of people who test positive, testing them, isolating them. And they've had, you know, really massive buy-in from citizens around the aggressive social distancing or physical distancing, the kind of measures that we're now having to deal with. And there have been studies that, you know, if just 10% of people wore a mask during a flu pandemic, um, and this isn't the flu, but studies looking at a flu pandemic, that the cases could go down by maybe one-fifth. So, you know, fewer sick people and potentially fewer deaths. But, you know, as my former colleague Tristan Hopper points out this week in a video he did for The Post, again, if you're not putting it on or taking it off correctly, you know, while also keeping your hands clean, you could up getting just as sick. So, you know, it's sort of a balance. But um, definitely in countries where they have really, really flattened the curve, um, I think some of it had to have been due to the fact so many people were wearing masks. Sharon, thank you very much for this. You're welcome, Monique. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thank you to Sharon Kirkey. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Monique Baudin. Thanks for listening. <laughs>